This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Hi, my name is Chris Victory, and I am the SVP of Strategic Partnerships at Rocked. And what I love about technology as it applies to marketing and advertising is that it is ever-evolving and changing and forces you to be on your toes constantly uh, and allows us to bring additional and new solutions to our clients and our partners. And so it's a really exciting time to be in technology for advertising and marketing. been said, there's such a thing as a buying state of mind. What could be possible if you could start a meaningful conversation with customers right at the moment they're making a purchase? At Etail East in Boston, Mouth Media Network CEO Rob Sanchez sat down with the SVP of Strategic Partnerships for a global leader in e-commerce marketing technology at the intersection of digital media and commerce to talk about how companies can grab the maximum return on investment every time a customer engages a marketing offer. You're listening to Retail is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the retail industry. Recorded on location. Chris, I'd love to have you just unpack a little bit about what you're working on at Rock right now. Sure. So uh, as the SVP of Strategic Partnerships, I am working on growing our breadth and depth of partnerships, and that is pretty broad. Uh, there's a lot of partners that we work with that help us do what we do better uh, in terms of data and nurture campaigns as it applies to email and SMS, but also the application of our technology uh, in the marketing space, specifically MarTech, where we can apply our technology further in the transaction moment or deeper into the transaction moment. So what we do today is really powering a marketplace that sits on the confirmation pages of e-commerce businesses where it's really supply and demand driven. You find the supply from the e-commerce businesses uh, confirmation pages and the demand is coming from the advertisers. However, that underlying technology can be applied further up the transaction and the checkout flow for different e-commerce businesses such as ticketing, travel, and retail. And what I do is look to expand that technology footprint further up the transaction into different partnerships and uh, growing our SaaS business and really sort of leveraging the tech footprint that we have uh, yeah. and, and broadening and growing that. So when, when you're talking about the technology footprint, can you just dive a little bit into what it is exactly that you're doing sure. right now? Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, if you think about the marketplace that we have, it's uh, in a, a natively embedded widget, if you will, uh, that sits on the confirmation pages of e-commerce businesses. And what it does is uh, leverage machine learning to match the data that we have on a user. So it's a user, one-to-one level user um, optimization tool to match, take that data and match it to the right advertisers for the right offer for that specific user. So for instance, if you are on Ticketmaster and you're buying a ticket 
to go see Beyonce in LA, but you live in New York, we might present you with an offer for hotels.com to get a discount on a hotel because we know you live in New York, but you're going to LA, right? So the machine learning actually um, allows us to match the right uh, advertiser to that user based off of all this data that we're getting from both sides uh, and also create a personalized experience for the user when they are seeing that uh, experience in that widget. That same technology and that same machine learning is is and can be applied further up to transactions. So if you think about what e-commerce businesses are doing, whether it's retail, travel, or um, ticketing, they have different types of partnerships that are already on their site, right? Whether that's payments, shipping, parking, uh, yeah. travel insurance, ticketing insurance. Most of those integrations are static on an e-commerce business's uh, checkout mm-hmm. flow. And so what we can do is help dynamically uh, generate those offers for those various um, partners that an e-commerce business has and personalize the journey, um, suppress offers when it's not relevant to a user, um, and really sort of increase the conversion rate for a lot of those strategic partners. And then by extension, um, use that same technology for e-commerce businesses when they're looking to create more value out of their users. So value a perfect, like the most valuable user for a ticketing site could be somebody who is, has the app downloaded and is part of some loyalty program Mm -hmm. and their heart, get it, finding it harder and harder to get more people to adopt those different programs. So we can help with that as well. So internal marketing campaigns. As you're moving that up, the uh, up the chain are you looking at third-party data coming in um, and building that out or how much of that is is you kind of sitting inside the ecosystem of the specific person you had mentioned that that's kind of where the partners come in yeah i mean we do at this point have some third-party data that it helps inform some of the stuff that we do when we don't actually have that data ourselves mm-hmm. the beauty of what we we do is that it is really all first-party data driven right yeah so we are get, seeing a ton of data that's being passed through from our partners and uh, it's being used in the moment so it's not being stored and used in any uh, other ways. So we actually are able to use a lot of our own data that we see on users. So the use of third-party data isn't the most important part about that. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you think about uh, most people aren't putting their age into you know, a f- you know, when they're filling out their you know profile for you know buying something, so you know things like that are informed by third-party data and that kind of thing. Okay, and um, what's the what's for you kind of the driving thing you want to solve in the industry? So, if you think about the transaction moment, and and by that, what we mean is anything that happens when you add something to your cart to when you get to the confirmation page. The current thinking or state of affairs for most e-commerce businesses is, you know, uh, conversion rates, right? Yeah. Conversion, conversion, conversion. However, there's a lot of value that's left on the table by... Yeah, you're not maximizing cart size. Exactly. And But things that are actually going to drive a lot more margin, right? So what happens today is mostly product to product, right? If you bought a pair of shoes, you should get a pair of socks. Um, Yeah. And what that leaves on the table is like it could be internal campaigns that actually are way more meaningful yeah. to the to if you, you as buy a, a pair of shoes, you should buy a running training camp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, or if you're going through, uh, if you're using um, 
you know, if you're a regular customer buying on a, on a website and you keep using a debit card, you, sh- you might be qualified to, to get a credit card in that flow. And you could actually get a discount on your purchase if you qualify for a card and those types of things. And that stuff, and especially on the confirmation page, is all going to look at look like pure profit to a business. Yeah. And so what it does is increase the revenue per transaction significantly, which is just like very much profit and yeah. purely profit as opposed to lower margin things, which, you know, the, the shoes and socks analogy is great because, you know, if all you're doing is trying to get people to add low margin stuff yeah. to their purchase, it's, it's not going to drive a whole it's lot a of low margin transaction. Shipping costs are going up, everything else, because yeah, it's exactly. not like, okay. Yeah. Is there a product type that you um, find most successful to, to introduce in the flow? So you'd mentioned insurance a couple times. You'd mentioned like cross sales of hotel rooms and so on. What's kind of the type of item that drives the value up? It depends on the vertical, right? Mm-hmm. So ticketing versus travel versus retail. Those are the three real big verticals for us. It depends on the vertical, number one. Um, and then, like, once you get past that, you know, within each vertical, there are certain things that matter more, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, travel insurance for any travel business is super hugely important. Yeah. Um, and if they can get 5% more people to actually take travel insurance, that is huge. Yeah. Really, really big. In retail, um, it's really about loyalty programs and being, you know, being more of a looking, making those consumers that are coming through your flow look more like your best performing customers, mm-hmm. which means repeat visits, repeat purchases, and all the things that go into that. So those are really a lot more of a, look like the internal campaigns where yeah. it's loyalty programs, app downloads, and those types of things. So you're basically driving a secondary behavior shift. Yeah, that's the idea. You're you're upgrading that customer. Yeah, you're upgrading the customer, but you're also looking at a lot of people are focusing on that transaction moment, like I was saying, and and focus on steps and design. Right? Like, is the red button going to be better than the green button, and you know all those things, and they're focused on the conversion rate um, as opposed to you know looking at that user and saying, okay, I know a lot about this user. I also know what this user looks like as opposed to my best performing customers i need to get more of those types of products and services where it's a, whether it's a loyalty program or app download those types of things i want i need to get that person to actually adopt those as opposed to just focusing on getting them to hit the green button versus the red button and those types of things okay Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes wherever the best podcasts are found. The last couple days here at Etel, or the last day, you were running multiple panels and having a lot of conversations, moderating a lot of conversations. Yeah. Um, besides the loyalty component, what, what other themes are you seeing bubble up? that you're tackling and and um, also just in general in the industry right now? Yeah, I, I think obvious data is an obvious one. It was interesting yesterday listening to a lot of, so I introduced a lot of people and there was a bunch of people who were talking about data and data and data. 
Um, only once did I hear the the acronym GDPR yeah. <laughs> and, and CCPA didn't really come up at all, um, yeah. which I found interesting. Um, and I think that's a huge uh, miss, quite frankly, right? Yeah. Um, everybody's talking about using data and how we can use it and all this stuff. But at the same time, you know, how much are you taking, how, how much of a, how far in advance are you getting in, in front of all of these various, um, regulations that are coming down yeah. and who's following that? Um, because if you're not ahead of it, you're going to be behind it really quickly and then it's going to be harder for you to catch up. For what you're doing, how important is the data piece? You, you're getting first-party transaction data yeah. right there. Do you have to store it and retain it, or can you just act in the moment and move yeah, on? Yeah, it's all act in the moment. Um, it and but either way, it doesn't. It's it's it. We have to be able to be as compliant and ahead of that as we possibly can because this is very sensitive data and you know, whether it's the user or the uh, partner we're working with in retail or ticketing or travel, we have to show them that we are Uber compliant and ahead of all of the various um, regulations that are out there or coming. Yeah. Right? Because that data is so sensitive. It is first party data and you know, we can't store it and, you know, make sure that it's, you know, we are repeating it or using it in other ways on other sites and those types of things. We just, we don't do that and we can't do that. Um, yesterday I was speaking with SIM casting. I don't know if you know them at all. And, um, I've heard of them, but I'm not. Yeah. So it's a little scary. I mean, even the guy himself was creeped out a little bit by what they can do because they've, they basically bought, it's the same as Cambridge Analytica's original pitch, right? They, they've bought all of the publicly available data and then cross-referenced it. And what they're yeah. um, able to do is actually, they know your phone, they know where your phone goes. Every time it hits a, a wireless router and so on, they can map. And so they can end up building entire profiles. And then the way they're handling GDPR is they never know the person and they're dropping off data after it ages out to a certain degree. But they know where you live, what your house value is, um, what neighborhoods you're in, at where you frequent level. at an anonymous level. Yeah. Um, and then they're feeding that targeting back in. So looking at what's... Where does that data get sold to? Like, or does it get sold? How, what's the use case for the data? So in, in this case, they're using it to build targeting profiles and um, basically phone-to-phone -phone attribution campaigns. So they know okay. that this person has this type of discretionary income and they live in Florida and they have a one acre, whatever. And yeah. so they might need a riding lawn mower. Okay. Um, so they're basically getting as granular as you can and then building audiences in a really unique way. So it's interesting to see that you can kind of sit in that same space with the retargeting and, and the value increasing, but without the same, um, touch points on the data. Yeah. in the same touch points, but we're also not selling any data, right? Yeah. We don't do any of that. And we also don't do any retargeting or remarketing, right? So if you see an offer on a confirmation page for Groupon, for instance, or JCPenney or uh, any of the other retailers we work with, and you decline that offer, when you go to the New York Times as your next step, you're not going to see an ad, right? Yeah. We don't do that. And we don't use that data in that way. So... For you, when you're thinking about the flow optimization, I've always wondered about um, where you can insert products and where you can insert upsells in a way that doesn't feel like the user is going backwards in the flow. So um, I know sometimes when I'm checking out on a hotel site, for instance, and 
Now it's asking me if I want a rental car. Um, if I'm not in the headspace of needing that rental car, or if I just want the transaction done, yeah, then it that's a different trigger versus when I'm planning, and that's it's a different use case as well. Are you able to recognize the types of behavior that the customers are going through, even inside of a cart itself, and then respond to that? And if so, how do you think about that? Yeah, I the. The answer is a little nuanced there. It's a yes and a no, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, because we're not, we don't have every single piece of data to recognize what that person has done before, right? We have historical data, which is really powerful. So we can figure out if this person has rented a car before, right? Um, or has upgraded their seat, right? For a flight. Those yeah. types of things. So knowing that actually allows us to be smarter about presenting those offers. Yeah. Um, so um, it's harder to it's it's more about behavior than it is about mindset, right? Like, okay. Um, it's not. It's less about you know what you're what you're doing in that moment, but more on what you've done in the past and you know those types of things. Okay. What's the thing that's exciting you about the industry right now? Is there a, a shift that you're seeing? Um, that you're watching and want to hop on? I mean, or? I think the, the exciting part for me is being um, in the, what we're doing at Rocked is, is new and different, right? So on one hand, it's scary, right? So people are, you know, you're talking to businesses and saying, well, you should implement our tech on your page. And we're talking about the transaction and checkout pages and confirmation pages. And that's frankly, hallowed ground for people, right? They don't want yeah. to do anything there. No more, no code, no technology, no implementations there. Uh, on the other side, you have this huge opportunity to drive more value out of every transaction. And that can be denominated in revenue. It can be not denominated. However, you want to, you know, we can work together to define the value, but there's a lot being left on the table. So, if you if you if you can bridge the gap between the scariness of of the hallowed ground of a transaction and yeah. the and can and talk about the value that is being left on the table there is a middle ground there and i think that that middle ground then leads to a ton more opportunities for e-commerce businesses whatever vertical you're in um and solving for those issues because you know at the end of the day there's you know, there's a few behemoths out there that are dominating and mm -hmm. folks need to start being a little more nimble and thoughtful about how they're, um, how they're going to be attacking the problems that are, they're facing. Um, mm -hmm. and so I think we present something that's really interesting and, and different for folks to be doing. Right. It's, yeah. So you're much more a margin play than a conversion play. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very much. Very and uh, that's interesting right now when we were talking about Instacart earlier, I mean, that's driving down margin. Yeah. And um, all, a lot of these things that are being inserted inside right now. So Amazon shifts margins, um, multi uh, brand marketplaces, shift margins, et cetera, et cetera, that need to ship and so on. There's a lot of things that are eroding margin at the moment. Yeah. It's interesting to see you come in and basically have the opposite effect. Do you, are there other, things that you've been seeing in the industry that are starting to play on the margin side at all? Yeah, but not as much. Um, you know, I think the, the margin play is affecting a lot of other people that are not just the retailers. So think about CPG, right? Yeah. Um, you know, CPG companies having their products now uh, being sold a lot through digital channels like an Amazon and Walmart and whatnot. 
they, you know, the, the costs are coming down, the margins are coming down and their only way of really fighting that is to get people to repeat purchase. But it's really hard for a P and G or J and J or Unilever to drive that behavior on Amazon or on Walmart. Um, and so, you know, we hope we can fill a little bit of that need and that gap through what we're doing um, because, you know, that's that's a hugely important thing, right? Driving that behavior to repeat purchase for, you know, paper towel shipments or something like that from, you know, yeah. of, of bounty or whatever, like that is huge. Yeah. Any final thoughts that you have for the audience? Anything that you want to leave them with in kind of plan in their head about the retail and e-commerce space right now? Yeah, I, I think there is there's a lot of focus on, like I said before, steps in design in terms of optimization and personalization and less about, you know, what are the right products and services for a specific user. Um, and I think and I would like to see people start thinking more on the user level and a one to one journey for a specific user and what's important to that user. Like, you, you know, the, the, um, the example before of adding a rental car and, and those types of things, like what is the behavior of that user and understanding who they are as opposed to bucket thing, bucketing them into like a segment or an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really important. And I think the other thing is to think about the transaction in any of these verticals in e-commerce and thinking about it more from the lens of like how much more value can I drive out of the out of this moment? Because the frankly, the transaction moment is like the most engaged you are going to get a user. Their credit card is out. Yeah. They're about to buy something. Literally endorphins are firing. They're excited. Yeah. You know, it's it's a thing. And there's just you have this moment. How are you what are you doing to capture this moment and drive more value out of that for the user and for yourself? Right. It, it's a it's a moment in time that is rare in the digital world where there's so much, you know, distraction yeah. and windows open and videos and music playing it, that that is all Pure that's, focus. Yeah. Or... All that stuff goes away when they're actually making a purchase. And it's like proven. There's like the psychological studies about this. And so, you know, what are you doing to capture that you, that yeah. moment in time as an e-commerce business? It's there's a lot of opportunity there. So. It makes me think a little bit about, um, I did direct marketing when I first came out of school and we basically had mapped the users and there was triple A, double A and so on. And what it broke down to was time from purchase. So in the zero to six months, you could sell them almost anything in the six months to nine months, you could, they, they were likely to buy Yeah, and then it would age out. And then over time you got to people who hadn't bought in like 36 months plus and, and there is a crapshoot, and and then you'd start the cycle over yeah, again. But regardless over. of where they were, if you could get them to that purchase, you had that golden window open up again. Yeah. So it's that same thing here. If you can get them to that purchase, the only difference is this is in seconds rather than being uh yeah like months. Yeah, exactly, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And there, I mean, but you know, there's the the growth of e-commerce in any vertical is massive, right? And it's just going to get bigger. So, yeah. you know, yeah, take advantage of that. Well, the interesting thing is that it it brings in trust, right? So, yeah. the offers that you make in that moment if they're not right, you also have that issue. Yeah. And so if if you're throwing up the lawnmower to somebody who lives in an apartment in New York, they're not going to respond. Yeah. And then you follow them with that lawnmower for the next 
two months. I'm yeah. Like, I don't need a lawnmower, man. Like, just get out of it. Can I opt yeah. out of this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a bad experience. Like, yeah. I'm not going to go back to whoever did that to me. So, yeah. um, it's, it's hugely important. Like, the customer experience is massive. Do you provide training on what offers to make and, and that sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. It's, the, it's, it's not only what offers, it's what creative and what messaging and all those stuff, uh, all those things. You know, what, you know, is it 5% off or 10% off? You know, all those things are test and learn and test and learn and test and learn. Um, you know, we have a, uh, an algorithm that also takes in a bid price, right? Mm-hmm. you know, the, for the marketplace. So, you know, bid price is a huge important thing. Do you, where do you find the sweet spot there as well? Um, and yeah. how does that map to the creative and the messaging and all that stuff? So it's all sort of put together and we have account teams that just partner with the brands and do all that stuff. They're really good. Excellent. Um, I'm going to go a little bit different now and just ask for one final thing about you, which is what from your childhood has kind of prepped you for the job you're doing now deep uh what from my childhood uh you know but both of my parents are not from the u.s and all of my family is elsewhere and so i spent a lot of time uh traveling around and experiencing new things and i think from like it's just i don't it's a little bit of a stretch, but from like a understanding customer experience, like I think I use as me as a person, I have, I've come to understand what different things mean to me as a person and to like work on a technology that actually focuses on who the user is and, you know, understanding where I came from as, as having this experience that was all over the place and having things that were, you know, as I grow older, like I know what works for me and I know what I, I know because of those experiences, like yeah. looking back, I know that and, you know, having a technology that actually looks at who the user is and like puts things and, you know, understands what they are and who they are. Um, you know, I think, you know, that could be something. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you, Chris. All right. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. For Rob Sanchez, good night, y'all. This has been Retail Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2019. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect.